Amen. We welcome you to worship with us today. Amen. Our Hallelujah. God does miracles. Amen. He can do all things but fail. Amen. Miracles when you move. Such an easy thing for you to do. Your hand is moving right now. You are still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus. Your voice is calling me out. And right now, I know you're able. Because my God will come through again. Because you can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle. And I know, I know you never will. You never lost a battle. Everything is possible by the power of the Holy Ghost. A new wind is blowing right now, breaking my heart of stone, taking over like it's Jericho. My walls are all crashing down. You're able, cause my God will come through again. You can. Cause you've never lost a battle No, you've never lost a battle And I know, I know You never will You can do all things You can do all things You can do all things but fail Cause you've never lost a battle No, you never lost a battle And I know you never win. You never, never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. And you never will. You never lost a battle. 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 And you never will. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. You never will. You never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. You never will. Because you can do all things. Yes, you can, Lord. You can do all things but fail Cause you never lost a battle Cause you never lost a battle And I know, I know You never will You can do all things 
can do all things but fail Cause you never lost a battle No, you never lost a battle And I know, I know You never will And I know, I know You never will Lord, and I know, I know You never will Thank you, Jesus You can do You'll all things but fail You'll never win. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. Oh, thank you, Lord. You never win. You always you never cause win. us to triumph. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. You never win. You never win. You never lost a battle. 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 You never will. You never will. I know you won't lose. 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 You never will. You never will. I know you won't lose. I know you won't lose. You never will. You never will. You never will. You never. to lose one now. That's Thank right. you, God. You can do all things. Thank you, Jesus. We won't stop. We won't stop praising you. We won't stop worshiping you, God. We give you glory for all you've brought us through, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. You are so awesome. We lift you up. Come on, anybody ready to praise him and worship him today? He is faithful. He is a faithful God. Thank you, Jesus. We can put our hope, we can put our trust in you, Lord. I give you glory for all you've brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Won't you tell them this morning? Say, Your presence, Your presence is an open door. So come now, so come now, Lord, like never before. 
best is yet to come. Oh, yes, it is. The cross before me, my hope on things above. And in you, Jesus, the best is yet to come. Your presence is an open door. your cry. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before. Holy Spirit, come and fill this room. Come and fill our lives. Won't you just ask him, say, come down. Holy Spirit, come down in my life. Take over take over everything i surrender all to thee my precious savior my precious lord i give it all to you i trust in you i know that you've got a plan for my life i know that nothing can stop your promises oh god i thank you for breakthrough i thank you for miracles oh god Come on, do you believe that this morning, that breakthrough is coming? Let's begin to declare that this morning. Okay. I know breakthrough is coming by faith. I see a miracle. My God 
made me a promise and it won't stop now. It won't stop now. I know. Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. I see I a miracle. miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. I know. Breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. that's taking place in the spirit realm. Amen. Just yeah, like Paul and yeah. Silas. Come on. There was a shaking. Yeah. There was a breakthrough that took place. Come on. Say late in, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. 
it's gonna work in your favor. Do you believe it? Late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. Yes, it is. Oh yeah. God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. The midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. Late in the midnight hour, late in the midnight hour, late in the midnight hour, late in the midnight hour. God's gonna turn it around. God's gonna turn it around. God's gonna turn it around. We're going to see it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, Hallelujah. we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are an on-time, faithful yes. God. Yes. God, and that no matter what the situations are that Hallelujah. we're facing, we know that we serve a great big God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that miracles and breakthrough are released. We thank you, God, for your promises. God, that it's not just something that you've given to us, but, but it's something that's going to take place. That it's something that we're going to see in our lifetime. We give you glory. We ask, God, that you would cause our faith to increase in your presence this morning. We give you all the glory, all the praise in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. So good to see each and every one of you. Welcome to Praise Church. We want to welcome those that are in-house today and as well as our online audience. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us and we're just believing that the same presence that's here in the building is coming through those cameras to live stream and uh, we want to ask you to take a moment and just share this video on your page. Invite your friends to tune in. Uh, I believe that today's message, today's series that we're kicking off is going to be life-changing. Amen? And so uh, we are kicking off our brand new series today, Refocus. In the service this morning, Pastor Bev is going to also share uh, what's going to be taking place, but I'll just hit on it for a second, is that today is our back-to-school prayer and anointing service. And so for those that are in-house, we have a special gift for all the students, but we're having prayer and anointing for all the educators and all the students going into the new year. And um, um, uh, we're really excited about that. We want to also invite you to tune in online Tuesday and Wednesdays at 7 o'clock right here on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, website, and our app. Um, I'm really excited also that our podcast is now available through iTunes. That You can go to Praise Church of Louisiana and you can download, subscribe to our podcast that all of our messages, our audio messages will be posted on there that you can uh, be informed, download those. And so I'm really excited about that. In addition to that our video archives are uh, available through our social media as well as our website and our app if you'd like to go back and check uh, the messages there. So we're just trying, we're so excited what God's doing in media, reaching so many people beyond just the church walls. We're going even internationally that people are tuning in and I'm, I'm just so excited about what God's doing um, through our media. 
and uh, we're believing for miracles. Amen. Uh, we're excited about what God's doing uh, in the body of Christ. And no matter what it looks like, this is a great time to be alive. In fact, God knew every circumstance that would take place and yet had a purpose for you in the midst of all chaos. Amen. So no matter what you're facing, we are reminded and encouraged that there is a purpose for us, that there is something that God has a plan for our life in the midst of whatever we're dealing with. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. One of the things I love about the latter part of that chorus we were singing, uh, late in the midnight hour, and what that means is it's going to be a suddenly, which the word suddenly when it's used in the Bible, the definition of it is unexpectedly. God is about to bring breakthrough, and it's going to happen suddenly when you least expect it. It's not going to happen the way you thought it would happen. It's not going to happen the way that you planned. But God is going to do it again. He's going to do miracles again. He's going to bring breakthrough again because he's an on-time God, as Beth said. You know, we want to schedule it according to our calendar when we want him to move. But he's going to do it according to his timing, and it's always going to be the right way. So put your trust in him. Have faith and expect we are, as she said, refocusing in 2020. It's time to refocus. It's time for school to start, and it's time for people to get back into somewhat of a structure and a routine. And even in the body of Christ, many have kind of gotten distracted with life and issues. So it's time to refocus. This morning, as Bethany mentioned, it's a great day that we're able to uh, have a special prayer anointing our children, our educators, and typically we have everybody come up and we lay hands on them, but we are being compliant with what the government is wanting us to do in this season, and so we're not going to be uh, laying hands on everyone, but here's what we've done. We've purchased gifts for the children, uh, a lot of back-to-school supplies, some things they may need, some they may not. And if you've got children of different ages in the same household and you look at the packets for them and you say, well, you know, I, mine, you know, for the younger ones, we gave them the blunted scissors instead of the pointed scissors. You understand what I'm saying? And for some, that uh, the, the markers are not washable, so... All the parents will love me because we did not give the non-washable markers to the little ones and things of that nature. And uh, so anyway, we tried to make them age appropriate. But in the Bible, in the New Testament, um, in, uh, I can't see, is it Acts? Acts. Acts chapter 19, verse 12. There's a passage we read about Paul. Paul says, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Now, what we're, talk what we're done today is we have purchased masks for your children, not to silence them, because this generation is not going to be silenced. This is a prophetic generation, and I know that there are many that are saying, oh, the mask is to silence them. I'm decreeing and declaring to you this generation is not going to be silenced. We're about to have the greatest revival that has ever been known to mankind. So this is not to silence them. It's just to guard them from disease and the concerns that the government has placed there. So in compliance with that, we've bought every child a mask. And last night in our home, we laid hands on the masks. 
we prayed over the masks, we anointed the masks, and we asked God to, to use that as a tool. Now, some of your children are not going to school. They're going to be homeschooling, and that's okay. You can use that mask for whatever. Slip it in their pillowcase, whatever. Let that anointing that is upon that, and this is scriptural. What Paul did this, and, and people were healed, and they were set free, and deliverance took place. And so we know that when we, as believers, anoint a tangible object we can send that out and it can minister to others so we have also a few in this congregation several in our other congregation that are educators and work in the school system whether an administrative or whatever else so we have a little something for you and a mask for each one of you and you don't have to wear those masks to school you may have other ones that are special but that's just our gift to you and also some hand a little hand sanitizer on a little thing that if you've got a book bag it'll hook onto your book bag and you can take it with you so that we'll be compliant with all of those restrictions so we'll give that to you before you leave today you know in this passage uh, as Bev was reading it says so that the from the body of Paul the handkerchiefs and, and aprons were sent out to those that were diseased and and uh, evil spirits departed from them we're not saying that our <laughs> our children are diseased now you might think that they might have some spirits with them but <laughs> you know I think uh, but in in reality what he's saying here is that there is an anointing that can be brought forth to our children. And, and when we operate in faith and operate in the, in the realms of the spirit, we can do just as what Paul did here. And, and we laid hands on these last night and begin to pray over them. And we're going to pray over the children today. And uh, those of you that are here today, uh, if you would, I want you to stand. And, and I want you to, as parents, to lay hands on your children. And uh, we're going to lead you in prayer. And uh, we're going to believe in all the ones that are, are, are teachers and, and uh, instructors in school. We're going to pray for you also. So those of you that are watching here, uh, grab your children and, and won't you lay hands on them as we begin to pray. Yes, yes, and all yes. of you educators that, um, that are going to school, I know that in the times that we're living in, there's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of issues about uh, going back to school. But we as believers are just going to stand in our faith knowing that God is going to protect us and God's going to keep his hand upon all of the instructors, all of the teachers, and all of our children and our grandchildren. So yes. let's pray. Father, Father we thank you right now. We, we thank you, you for what you're doing in our life, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, as, as these children, as the educators are going back into the classroom, I ask you that your Holy Spirit would begin to be upon them that you would guide them, that you would direct them. Lord, I ask you for divine protection upon their life, that no sickness, no disease would come to them, O Lord. And Father, I ask you, Lord, for physical protection, Lord. Move upon them, O God. Let no harm come to them. Lord, I ask you for spiritual protection upon their lives, Lord, that you would guard and protect their little spirits, their little souls, O God, that no harm would come in, no doors would be open to them, O God, that would cause destruction in their life, Lord. Now, Father, we just thank, thank you, you for Jesus. what you're doing. We ask you that you would touch every instructor, yes, every God. teacher, yes, every Lord, facilitator, oh God. Jesus, oh Father, God. that your hand of protection be upon them and guide them and direct them, oh God, and give them peace in their life. Father, we stand upon your word today that if we, if we, if we are your children, in which we believe that we are, 
that you will protect us, you would guide us, and you would instruct us, Lord. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, that your hand would begin to, to keep its protection upon us, encamp angels about us, and Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory for it. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray, amen. And, and we want you to know as you're seated that as your pastors, we've been praying for you. We know that for you, many of you, this is a <clears throat> challenge. It's even affecting your ability to work um, and to earn the income that you've been accustomed to earning because you're home now with your children. <clears throat> but you know what? Our greatest treasure and our greatest ministry is to our children. And we are praying for you that God's going to help you and give you peace and grace as you educate them on every level. I know that some of them will be doing vi virtual learning. And, and we just come against, in the name of Jesus, any inabilities that the children are struggling with that would hinder them from learning, distractions, ADD, ADHD, all those things. Father, we just curse the work of the enemy in the name of Jesus. And we loose, oh God, to these children, God, that the ability to learn and to maintain those things that they're studying, to have understanding, God, that they're going to succeed. Lord, you want us, it's your desire, God, for us to succeed and prosper in every area of our life. And I'm passionate about this. I've been praying about this. We love you all. We got teenagers. We got little ones. We got all all ages in here and going into different aspects of school and we're just believing that this is going to be no matter how unique it is an amazing year and in Jesus it can be so we just we love you and we pray the peace of God over each and every one of you this time uh Pastor Josh are you coming all right we get the ushers get ready we're going to give real quick you know I just want to encourage you that uh so good to see you I, I want to encourage you that um you know we were put here for such a time as this amen come on the church was put here for such a time as this and and, and you know what let's just be honest there's a lot of things going on in this world but there's nothing that's too hard for our God, amen? And so I, I just challenge you, sometimes we, we see things going on and we can get, you know, concerned, we can get nervous, but I'm just here to remind you today that the church, you, God, in his infinite wisdom, put you in the year of 2000, uh, or 2020. And, and we are put here for a time as this, just as Esther was risen up at a time to save a nation, the church is here to save a nation and save a world. So, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, that you would put strength in your people, Lord God, that we would not walk in fear, but that we would walk in faith. Lord, I am excited, Lord God. Father, that what you are going to do both now and in the future, Lord. Father, I pray that you would help our church, our churches, Lord, to develop a prayer life. Develop a prayer life. A develop a walk with you, Lord God. Let us get away with the distractions. It is the crushing of the olive that produces the oil for the anointing. Matter of fact, in your word, God, it says that it was your great pleasure to crush Jesus on our behalf. Sometimes it's the pressing church that causes the growth and the development inside of you to come forth. And, and I just thank God. He just wanted me to tell you today that you were put here for such a time as this. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give to worship you, Lord. We honor you, God. We praise you, Lord. 
you may now give in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your faithfulness and your giving. And um, we believe that God is going to bless you as a result of, of your giving. Today we're going to go into Ezekiel chapter 37. It's good to see everybody today and, and uh, good to be in the house of the Lord, whether we're in our living room or in our bedroom or inside the building here, we can feel the presence of God today. Amen? In Ezekiel chapter 37, we're going to find a story that we're all uh, should be fairly familiar with, one, one which a prophet is now brought by God into a valley, and uh, he begins to tell him to observe some things. And uh, so as we go through this today, we want to look at what does this word or how can we apply this word to our life uh, today? Let's, let's read this passage here. And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in, op in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again, he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones and say to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bones to his bones. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Now, when, you, when we're reading this, we, we're, we're looking at this from a couple of perspectives here. Number one, did this actually happen? Or was this a moment that God brings Ezekiel into a trance or transports him to a place, and he now begins to see something that he had never seen before. So, so the purpose of this message here today is to help us get our eyes open. So, so today we want God to open our eyes, that we can see something that we have never seen before. Now, when we look at this passage, we see in, in verse 1 of chapter 37, it says, And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. Now, when we look at that first verse, we understand that the hand of the Lord was upon him. We also understand that, that the spirit of the Lord was upon him also. In Scripture, we find several times where that, 
uh, it's expressed, Old Testament and New Testament, the hand of the Lord is upon me, or the Spirit moved upon me. We know when Samson was uh, dealing with the Philistines, and the word says that, and when the Spirit came upon him, or the hand of the Lord was upon him, then, then this anointing came on him, and he was able to do things that was not able, not, uh, uh, um, he didn't have the ability to do in his own strength. And as a result of the hand of the Lord upon him, he brought him through situations and he conquered the enemy. We find that John uh, in Revelation, he's on the Isle of Patmos and, and the word says that the hand of the Lord came upon him. One translation says, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him and began to give him revelation. He began to see things that he had never seen before. Paul in prison uh, is, is in Rome and, uh, and the word says, and raised me up into heavenly places. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm using these and inserting these to let us know that, that when we're looking at Ezekiel, it's not the only time that the hand of the Lord moved on somebody or the spirit of the Lord moved on somebody. Uh, in verse 1, the hand of the Lord is upon me and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. So when it says he carried him out in the spirit of the Lord, we can, we can assume that he was translated from one place in the spirit and he brought him to another place to observe and to look at a thing. And, and the place he brought him to was in a valley. And the valley was full of bones. Now in this valley, every valley we know is a low place in comparison to the mountains. And so he actually brought him down to a very low place so that he can see some things that others were going through that he could not see out of his own vision. And he says, he caused me to pass by around, around about them. And behold, there were very many in an open valley. In other words, there was a lot of bones that were in this valley. There were a lot of people represented in this valley and the, and the bones were dry. When we're looking at this, if you go down a little bit further in that chapter, you begin to find that this actually is the Spirit of the Lord moving Ezekiel into a place that he can see and feel how the children of Israel were and how they were positioned. And they were crying out, Lord, death has come upon us. We have no hope for tomorrow. We have nothing in, in perspective of where we're going or what we're doing. And the Lord is now bringing Ezekiel to prophesy to Israel to bring them out of their bondage, to bring them into the land that, that the Lord has preserved for them, into their own land. So in this, we begin to see that you can't really do anything on your own except the Lord begins to speak a word to you. In, in this here, he uses a prophet to come forward and begin to speak a word of life into him. The Bible tells us that in the power of the tongue, there is life and there is death. We, can, we have the ability and the power to speak life over ourselves or we can actually begin to destroy our destiny by what we say about ourselves not only about ourselves, but about our children. We've got a, a uh, our children are going back to school and 
teachers are going back to school and some don't want to go back to school. Some are encouraged to go back to school. Some can't wait to get back to school. However it is, children are going back to school, whether they're going to be back in home or they're going to be in the classroom setting, whether they're going to do it online or whether they're doing it live. Children are going back to school to learn, to be educated, and to bring increase into their life. I want to go into Acts chapter 16, and I want to show you something here that is, I think is pretty interesting that here, here is Paul, very energetic, very, very encouraged and, and wanting to go everywhere to preach the gospel. In verse 6 it says, and when they had, had gone throughout uh, Pyagra and the region of Galatia and, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Now, to me, this is kind of interesting because Paul had a desire to go to Asia to preach the gospel for people to be saved and people to be delivered, but the Holy Spirit put restraint on him and says to him, you're not going. So in this, we have to find in our life what God has anointed us for. We have to find what God's, his hand is upon us to do and to accomplish. And if we get out from under the hand of God, then we're going to do a whole lot of work and we're not going to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. In fact, many people will fail if they don't understand the hand of God that's upon their life and what they have been destined and designed to do. If we get out of the will of God, we can mess some things up. And so he was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach into Asia. God opens doors and he closes doors. I mean, if you know, there are some doors that we don't need to go through. And there's some doors that God will swing so wide open that will cause us to begin to prosper, cause us to bring increase into our life. And if we go through the wrong doors... We could play, bring havoc into our life. I want you to look down in verse 9, the same chapter, chapter 16 of Acts, verse 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man in Macedonia and prayed him, saying, come over to, into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering the Lord and, and had called us for, the, for to preach the gospel unto them. Immediately after one door was closed, another door was open. Immediately after his own desires of wanting to go to Asia, can you imagine being shut down and the doors closed? When you have all this energy, you have all of this desire, you have everything inside of you in motion, and all of a sudden you have to stop. All of a sudden, that night, Paul sees a vision in the midst of the night. And he has a man saying, come to Macedonia. And he takes that and receives that as the Lord speaking to him that Macedonia is the place where the hand of God is going to be upon you. The hand of God is not going to be on you in Asia. I've already got somebody in Asia, but I want you to go to Macedonia. It's important for every one of us to know where God has his hand in our life and we begin to follow after his movement 
so that we can be successful in everything that we do and in everywhere we go. I want the hand of God upon my life. I want him to stir within me. I want him to speak direction to me so that I can move into what he desires for me because there's nothing like moving in a place that the hand of God is on you and you can endure the issues that come against you when the hand of God's on you. You can fight the enemy on a different level when the hand of God is on you to fight the enemy in those areas. You can succeed no matter what the critics say, no matter what people try to do, no matter if they try to cause you to fail, you're going to succeed anyway because the hand of God is on your life. I believe this, that when we understand who we are, it doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter if we're male or female. It doesn't matter where we've been in life. But when the hand of God comes on our life, there is nothing that can stop us. In fact, the word tells us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And I believe it won't prosper in our life because of the hand of God being upon our life. I believe that in our life we can speak life or we can speak death. We can speak truth in our life. We can speak the word of God over our life and we can move into the destiny that God has for us or we can actually set in place a road or a trip that, that will cause us to um, never make it into what God wants us to go into. We have to come into alignment with the Lord. I'm going to go back to Ezekiel uh, chapter 37 and verse 1. If my computer here will operate correctly. I keep saying that and blaming it on the computer, but I think it's operator error here. It says, and the hand of the Lord was upon me. So we understand that God's anointing was upon Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord was upon me in this moment. And he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. So we understand that the hand of God was upon him for this purpose, leading him in a direction that in, in uh, latter verses we begin to understand is the children of Israel that were crying out and saying, we have no hope, we have no, no hope for a future, we have no gladness in our heart, we feel like everything is crumbling around us. And there may be people listening today that you feel like that your hope has been stolen from you as a result of COVID-19 or result of family issues, or result of financial issues. I don't know what your particular situation might be, but it may be that you're feeling hopeless in a situation. I'm here to tell you today that let the hand of the Lord come upon you and let him anoint you for this moment. Let him anoint you for the season that we're in. And even though COVID-19 is around and even though there's restrictions all over the place, and even though we get conflict on every hand, God will lead you and direct you and he'll cause you to prosper in the midst of the storms. He'll cause you to grow in the midst of troubled times. He'll cause your children to have peace and for you to have peace in your life. You may be just as smart as others, but you might be in the wrong place. 
You might have the same abilities that others, and you're wondering, why am I in this low place? Ezekiel was brought into that valley so that he can see and feel what Israel was seeing about themselves and feeling about themselves. When the hand of the Lord comes upon us, he anoints us in high places and he anoints us in low places. And he brings Ezekiel from the place of where he was and brought him to a low valley so he can see the condition of people so he can start prophesying life over them. I think it's important to know the hand of God upon our life. I think it's important to know what we have been anointed for and anointed to do. And when you understand what you've been anointed for and anointed to do, start prophesying over yourself. Start speaking life over yourself. Speak life over your business and speak life over your family. Speak life over your children. Yeah, all the circumstances might not be the condition of where you want to be. You might be in the depth of that valley, but start prophesying the wind to blow. Start prophesying things to start coming together again in your life, and you'll find that God will honor your prophetic word. Can these bones live? God asked Ezekiel. And Ezekiel, if you're reading the scripture, you would think that he's being sarcastic or courteous to God. There's several different opinions we can get of him saying, oh, you know, God, only you know. And what he was actually saying here was, God, you're the creator. And you know whether a vessel has been broken so much that it can't be repaired. Only you know if that vessel that you formed has been damaged so badly that it can't be repaired. And God said, these bones will live, but I need somebody to speak life into them. You know, you might feel today that your life has broken you and you feel that you're at your bottom. You feel like that you can't go any lower than what you feel right now. But I'm here to give you this story today to let you know that there is a word for you. There is a word in scripture today that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. I shall live and not die and I shall declare the works of the Lord. You're not going, you're not going to go down. You're not going to uh, 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 be destroyed, but you're going to live. And you have to start speaking to yourself. I'm coming up out of this. I'm coming up out of this situation. Times might be bad, but it's not going to be bad forever. The sun's coming up in the morning, and it's going to shine on me again. Start prophesying to yourself and start speaking to yourself life and stop speaking death over your situation. You see, when God created man, he created us in his image and in his likeness. And when he created us in his image and his likeness, he gave us a voice and he gave us a mouth to begin to speak. Now, you can use your voice and you can use your mouth to speak whatever you want. But I choose to speak what God says about me. I choose to use my voice to declare in the atmosphere what God wants me to declare over my life so that I can walk in the place 
that he has anointed me for and walk in the place where his hand is upon me. So we prophesy. He says, thou knowest. And then God says to him, speak to these bones. I'm convinced that nothing happens until something is spoken. Nothing comes into existence until there is a release from a voice that begins to declare it, begins to speak it, and then in that speech, it causes something to go into motion. So Ezekiel now hears the word of the Lord, and he starts speaking to a valley that is full of dry bones, to the low places where Israel now is, is distraught. You go down into that scripture and you begin to see where that Israel is crying out. And Ezekiel was anointed to go and speak to Israel to bring them out of the mindset that they were in, to bring them into the place where the hand of the Lord was upon them. We have to start speaking what the word of God says over our life. Amen. I shall live and not die, and I shall declare the works of the Lord. You know, in, throughout our lives, there are problems that we go through. There are situations that we encounter in life. And many times what we encounter is to help us to feel what other people are feeling. There's times where our eyes are open and we see things that normally in our life we wouldn't see. And as a result of seeing things and feeling the pain of people, we can literally begin to start speaking the word of the Lord over their life so they can come out from that low place and get to the high places. The word tells us we go from victory to victory and from glory to glory, which gives us an example that, that we move from one low place to a higher place and then to a higher place than the previous and then we keep moving up in the things of God that he ultimately brings us to the place that we are anointed for or his hand is upon us to help us accomplish those things. So we have to speak life over our destiny. And when you start speaking things long enough, you begin to believe those things. I believe that part of strategies of the enemy is to, to put together verbiage that if it's spoken long enough, we begin to believe those things. And once that we buy into it in our belief system, then we're controlled by what we have been hearing all the time. If I invest myself in the word of God, it doesn't matter what the world says because God will trump everything that the world says. God will overthrow anything that the world says if he can find somebody that will believe in him. God will do it if we believe. Speak life to your destiny. And please, speak life to your children. What you, what you say over your children, we don't understand the power of our tongue or our words, but our words open up doors. Our words make way. And if we're speaking things that are not scriptural over our children, it could be that our children will begin to enter in places that God has not ordained for them to go to. 
and for them to live. So we need to start speaking life over our children. This power in death is in the power of the tongue. You may say in your mind, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know how things are going to come together. You need to start saying it's going to come together. I don't know how it's going to come together, but it's going to come together, and I'm not going to remain in this valley. I'm not going to remain with dry bones. Now, when it starts talking about the dry bones, it begins to give us a structure. It begins to say that the structure of these people of Israel has fallen apart, and the clothing that was upon these bones have now been scattered and dried up. And God begins to speak to him and says, speak to the bones. And when he started prophesying over the bones, the structure came together. It wasn't enough just to have the structure, but it had to have something to hinge the structure to. And so the cartilage, the sinews, and all of the ligaments began to come together and begin to attach the bones to its bones. And then it began to speak, and the skin began to come upon it. It was almost as though that these bones needed to be dressed again. A lot of times in our life, we go through trials, we go through troubles, and we feel like all of our structure has fallen apart, and, and we have no protection, and nothing can hold us together any longer. You've got to start speaking to those bones, and start praying, and start declaring, start speaking over your life so that you clothed again, and you're able to function. The Word says, and they arose a great army, but there was no life in them. You know, it's one thing to have structure. It's one thing to be clothed. But if there's no breath in you, you're just a corpse. And he says, the final thing that needs to take place is you need to start prophesying to the winds to come, the four winds, the north, the south, the east, the west, to begin to blow upon these bones. And, and, and in all reality, what he was prophesying was that the breath of God would come upon those bones and life would come upon them again. In reality, we can dress the part, we can act the part, but if there's no breath in us, there's no life to us. We can dress up, we can, we can put on the show, but we have a struggle getting out of the bed in the morning because we have nothing to live for because there's no life in us. But if you start calling for the breath of God to come upon you, Allow the Holy Spirit to blow upon your life and breathe in you again. It's interesting that in Genesis, God formed man from the dirt of the ground, from the dust of the ground. And then the last thing he did was he breathed. He blew his breath into the nostrils of man and life came in him. You see, you can have all the formation that you want. You can have all the structure you want, but until the breath of God comes upon it, it's just a corpse. Today, I want to speak to you just a second here and say that all of us need the breath of God in us. We need God to breathe on our life. We need God to breathe in the midst of this COVID-19, in the midst of the struggles, in the midst of controversy. We need God to breathe in our personal life, and we need, to we need him to breathe again on our nation. We need healing in our nation. There are people that are in valleys. They're dry. Their bones are scattered. 
We need God to begin to speak, but he needs a vessel that he can speak through. Yeah, God can speak. God can say what he wants to say, but he looks for vessels. He looks for you. He looks for for me. He looks for somebody that's willing to be caught up with him, to have his hand placed upon them so that he can bring them into the depths of places so they could feel the pain of people of what they may be going through. You know what? Your neighbor may be at their bottom. It may be a family member. It may be someone that you know, or maybe it's someone that you run into in the grocery store that might be in the bottom of their valley, and they need an Ezekiel that has an ear for the voice of God, that's willing to allow them to be used and brought to the low places so they can feel the pain of others. Would you be willing to be used by God? Would you be willing to be enlightened by God so that you can speak life into someone else's being? It might be a nephew. It might be a niece that, that, that's caught up in drugs or alcohol. It might be a myriad of different things that people are going through, and God wants to use you to speak life to them. God wants to use every one of us to challenge someone's life to get out of the depths of where they are and move to a place where God's hand is upon them. You say, well, God's hand can be upon them in the depths of their valley. could be, but I don't think he wants everybody to stay in their valleys. I believe he wants people to progress. I believe he wants them to grow. In fact, the word says, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So in order for someone's soul to prosper, they have to have an encounter with the breath of God. They have to have the presence of God blow upon their life so life can come in them to become what God has designed them to be, to have success in their life. I, I wish above all things that you would prosper. That's a level of success. That's a level where that not just in your, in your finances, but prosper in your family. Prosper in your finances. Prosper everywhere you go, that, that doors are open for you, that, that he makes a way when there seems to be no way. That's what the word tells us. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll cause a river to, to come forth when there's no river in the desert place. You might be in a desert place today and you need to be refreshed. He'll cause a river in the midst of your desert that will cause you to be refreshed. And many people are going through such adversities in life that they feel like they're parched. They feel like they're dry. They've cried all they can cry. They have wept. All they can weep. They have, they have cried out to God. All they can cry out. All they need is the wind of God. All they need is a river in the midst of their desert place. And today, we call upon that river, that river of life to come upon you. We call, we call, we call upon Lord, the Lord to cause you to spring forth out of the place where you are to move to where God wants you to be. It might be that you're just as intelligent as people 
that you're seeing walk in success, but you're in the wrong place. You're in the valley. And today's the day to come out of your valley. Today's the day to shake off the dryness and let the river of God come into your life and bring life to you once again. Do you believe that God can do this? Do you believe that God can change your surroundings? He can change where you are. He can change what's going on in your life. You know what? All we need is one word. All we need is God to speak one word over our life and to blow upon us, to, to, to give his breath to us that we can live. I'm going to pray for you today, and I, I believe that God is going to touch our lives You're going to make it, and you're going to be able to do what you set your heart to do because God's about to breathe on you again. You say, well, man, I felt the presence of God when I was younger, but I don't feel it now. God's going to breathe on you again. You're going to feel it again. You're going to feel his presence. You're going to feel his joy. You're going to feel his comfort as the Holy Spirit comes into that room, comes into this place today right where you're standing, right where you're sitting, right where you might be laying on your bed today, I want you just to lift your hand and I want you to begin to talk to the Lord right now. Those of you that are here today, I want you to lift your hands right now and we're just going to talk to God and we're going to ask him to breathe on us so that we can move into what he has designed us for. I'm tired of being in the valley. I'm tired of being in a dry place, you might be saying. Today's the day for change. Today's the day to allow God, his hand, to be placed upon your life so that you can succeed in spite of your critics. You can succeed in spite of what the world has said. You can succeed in spite of what you may even thought yourself. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today. I thank you for those that are here this morning, and I thank you those that are watching. Father, we declare over our lives today that this is the last moment that I will be dry like I am right now. But from this day, I'm going to begin to have structure in my life. I'm going to have the skin come upon me. Uh, things are going to come together. But Lord, even when they come together, what I really need is you to breathe on me. What we really need you to do, God, is to breathe on every person that's watching here today. Breathe your breath upon them and cause life to come back in them. Lord, they have cried all they can cry. They have wept all they can weep. Lord, breathe on them and bring life and bring hope into them once again. Father, we call upon your Holy Spirit right now to touch everyone that's watching, to minister to every need that is there, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whether it's family, relationships, or whatever it might be. Holy Spirit, I ask you to stir in their heart a new day. Lord, and as we start declaring over our life, this is a new day. This is a new beginning. And Lord, I thank you for stirring in our hearts today. Lord, we bless you and we thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, oh God, for what you're stirring in us. And Lord, we're going to speak over our destiny. We're going to speak over our children's destiny and their future, because we believe you have a bright future for every one of us, and we thank you for it. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray, amen.
I want to thank you for joining us today on YouTube, Facebook, all the different uh, medium uh, uh, outlets there that you've joined us on. And uh, we're just praying for you and believing God has great things in store for you. And if you've been in the valley, come out of that valley. Get to that mountaintop and let God refresh you and let him do something new in your life.